Hi, uh, SCGC Live is here, and I am hosting, and I am really well equipped to do this. So yeah, it's just the four of us tonight, Justin, Derek, and Mysterious Jeff over there. Uh, but yeah, so we're just here to talk about uh, up up there. Uh, so yeah, tonight, quiet night. Uh, it's, a, it's a quiet week. Well, actually, except it's not a quiet week uh, if you're over at PlayStation. Yeah, it's not a quiet we... week. We just have a lot of people who needed the week off. So it's a small yeah. week for us. Yeah. yeah, small week for us. Small week for us. Uh, so I guess before we jump into what we've been playing, uh, I just want to introduce everybody. This is Derek somewhere over here, Je uh, Jeff, and then Justin. Uh, but yeah, so guys, what have we been playing this week? Uh, I guess I can go first. Um, at your, um, So I I've mentioned on the last couple shows that I jumped into Game Pass for PC because you uh, sold me very hard on Gears 5. And I played through Gears Ultimate, and I played through Gears 4, and I started Gears 5 today, um, and I'm quite liking it. It's it's a lovely game. It feels incredible to play. It's been really interesting jumping from the first game to the fourth game to the fifth game and feeling those, like, gameplay and narrative improvements. Um, but I've been, I've been really digging Gears of War 5. What did you think of Gears 4? It's kind of the black sheet. Well, Judgment's the black yeah. sheet, but Gears 4 is a little bit weird. How'd you understand so, on that? So, I mean... Now, remember, I didn't really play 2 and 3, so, like, I'm missing some of the, you know, stuff in between. Um, I know everybody was really upset that you spend a good chunk of the early game in 4 fighting robots instead of, right. you know, not the, the, the Locust. Um, but, like, they were fine. They were good enough enemies. They were satisfying to fight. They had some interesting new weapons. Like, I guess I wasn't so invested in the original trilogy that i was upset to not have a similar type of enemy to fight um yeah. you know i i like a lot of the cast that gets introduced in four um i like it how it improved gameplay wise over the original um i do not like jd phoenix as a character he felt very much like a very bad nathan drake knockoff to me <laughs> uh but the rest of the cast around him was fantastic and i love that very early in Gears Five, they kind of are just like you're kind of a shitty dude, <laughs> like and yeah, yeah, right. The picture. Exactly. Yeah, like it's like they took all the feedback. It's it's interesting to see like Coalition, uh, take the feedback that JD was really generic, and they're like, hey, instead of making him better, what if we just leaned into the fact that he fucking sucks? Actually, yeah, I was not uh, a fan which is of cool. him, him both sidesing things all yep. the first act, and I was like, yep. this doesn't feel good. And then by the end of the first act, they fully leaned into like, no, he actually like, yep. you know, was responsible for, uh, you know, the violence of these riots and is like, oh, so you just suck then. Like every like hardcore, both sides are the same centrist. You're actually, it's, it's fish hook theory. You know what I well, mean? Well, you know, it's 2019. Even Gears of War's got politics, baby. Everything's all art yeah. is political. Yeah. That's how, just how yeah, it be. Yeah, fair enough. You know, unless it comes, yeah. from, unless it comes from Ubisoft. Well, well yeah, that's we true. all know. But, but we all know. That but then it's just the marketing that's Ubisoft political. Games. Their their attempt to be apolitical <laughs> is political. Um, but yeah. all right, yeah. But I mean, five. like, yeah, Gears Five. It's it's more Gears, and I'm glad yeah. I'm glad you're liking it. It's cool to see you jump from one to four to five, and like. I mean, yeah, yeah, man. If if you can get around to playing Gears Three, it's worth doing. Yeah, but. I just think I'm I'm missing a lot of the baggage that made people dislike Four. So I went into Four and I was just like, oh, this Fair is enough. fun too. You know, like. Fair enough. Yeah, I get it. Jeff, what have you been playing, bud? Um, I'm back on my Final Fantasy XIV train, going on three months now, approaching 200 hours. Yeah, it's been a ride. Um, but before that, I wrapped up Control. 
Um, you know, I, I know, I think some of you guys have talked about that on the show before. I don't have, uh, I don't have as much to say about it as I, as I wish I did. Um, I compared it to Prey and I feel very similar about the two where I love the world and I love the environment and I love the setting and I love the visual design. I love the art, um, the gameplay, the gameplay and control is much better than the gameplay and Prey. Um, but both of them have really significant flaws that really brought the game down for me. Um, in, in Prey, it was some of the late game combat stuff. They're just the, the amount of enemies they're throwing at you. In Control, it's I hate to get like get caught up on one something that seems small, but I don't feel like it's small. The checkpoint issue, Yo. Um, it's a problem. You <laughs> Yo. like you basically every time you die, you get sent back to one of these control points. And sometimes, especially, it seems much more prominent in the side quests, um, where you might have to run for, like, three minutes through, like, ten different rooms. And this game has a personal pet peeve of mine, which is respawning enemies. But they're not even consistent. There's been times where I load up the game, run through a room, and there's no enemies, and then die and go back to the control point, and then the enemies respawn. Yep. And I know, yeah. yeah, like, I know you can avoid them. Um, yeah, I think they're on, like, but a then, timer. Like, I, I don't think I'm taking hits, and the way the game works, I can't restore my health unless I attack them to, like, get my health back. So it's just, uh, like, I can't describe how annoyed I got in a couple sections where I'm like, it's just, it's going to take me five minutes to do this thing, and it took two hours. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the game is is fantastic. Uh, the powers are really cool. Um, I really liked the tone that they went with uh it it's very open-ended and vague but it didn't bother me i didn't feel like it was a game where you need to have every loose end wrapped up and looking at their dlc roadmap there's clearly a lot to come so yeah i mean and like it it's such a weird game in that the story stuff feels super super confident and then even even the combat itself pretty confident if not a little bit repetitive at times but like i i just found that checkpoint system i, I haven't finished the game and that that's mostly why I was very close to so dropping bad. it because of that. There was one part I was at, I was like, I'm going to try this once more, and if I get thrown back to the stupid checkpoint again, I'm done. And luckily, I, I finished it. Um, but yeah, it's still still a great game. Like, I'd still recommend everyone play it. Uh, it's very unique. Um, Remedy's a great developer. Like, you know, I'm happy to support them. Uh, they just there's still not a lot of these. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's, you call this game AAA, but like, you know, very linear focused, high production value, uh, story based game. I'm always going to support these. Um, and then I want to touch on Final Fantasy XIV because I haven't uh, take it's, it's I've been going through it for a long time and I haven't talked about it in a while. I'm on the second expansion, Stormblood, uh, and I was a little bit disappointed at first. Heaven's Ward gets a lot of attention. Uh, it's got a really sprawling epic storyline about a big war between dragons and um, the Ishgardians, which are one of the human factions. Um, Stormblood is all about politics, so if you don't like politics in your games, don't play Stormblood. Uh, it's a huge critique on colonialism. Um, there's a lot of identity politics in there as well. And it's cool. It, it just really takes you to ground level and gets you interacting with all these different villages and countries and individual characters and people and seeing how being ruled by this, like, dictatorial, um, force that the Garlean Empire has just completely robbed them of all their will and just a lot of the personal stories that they've woven into that. Um, the writing in the game is like, you know, it's it's really, really good and really strong. And it's too bad that it takes so long to get to these really good expansions because the base game is a little bit more hit and miss. Can you can you ballpark how long, like I, if I wanted to start that game scratch right now, how long would it take me 
there or or can I use so, a, can I pay for a booster or something? You can pay for a booster. Uh, the way the boosters work, you can do a job like level skip, which will basically just give you. It'll take you up to like close to the highest levels. But the problem with that is you don't learn the abilities along the way. So there's probably a big learning curve when you jump in and you have like 50 different the way an MMO works, like 50 different spells or whatever unlocked. Um, so I actually have a log. So time commitment, the base game took me 40 hours. Basically, each section of the game is kind of like the standard RPG length. So the base game took me 40 hours. And the way the game works is there's expansions every two years. And then in between those expansions, they have two years worth of patch content. Um, so the base game's 40 hours. It took me another 30 hours to get the content between the base game and the first expansion. Heaven's Ward, I have 40 hours. Um, between Heaven's Ward and Stormblood was 30 hours. And Stormblood, I'm just coming up on 30 hours. So, But the way it works, like each one feels like a distinct storyline. So they're almost just like a sequence of games one after the other. And they're gotcha. all about 30 to 40 hours for each kind of overarching story. So when you look at it all together and you're like, oh my god, it's 200 hours. But you don't need to look at it like that. You can just play kind as much as you know. want. Like, you know, if you drop it, that's fine. Like, just I, I think people get too hung up on the end game. I went into it. I never play games for this long. I thought I would have dropped it a long time ago. Um, you know, just give it a chance because it's it's a really special game. Sick. Yeah, I mean that's that's a game that feels like the last three months. Like we've heard nothing about <laughs> except for like everybody's like, hey, this game actually has really cool things to say. And yeah, if you want to play it all, it's gonna take like two hundred hours. But yeah, it's yeah. it's cool mm -hmm. to hear that it, it, you could get to a more accessible level if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Like um, two thirds of our show has been playing that game like like mad for a couple months yeah 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 <laughs> two-thirds of our folks have been have been diving in yeah for sure so uh i guess justin we should move on to what you and i have been playing uh and like this isn't a review we're gonna keep it keep it brief but i guess uh you and i have an, a, a unique perspective with destiny 2 which just came out uh on tuesday you are a longtime fan who kind of plays everything that they that bungie puts out and then i have yes. i have bought in every expansion for destiny 2 but i'm very fair weather really uh, not not paying a ton of attention to the lore. Um, without spoiling anything, Shadowkeep is it good? So Shadowkeep's cool. Uh, it's interesting as a like. I almost feel like um people that you know haven't played Destiny as much might actually enjoy Shadowkeep a bit more than I have. Not that I'm not enjoying it. I really I really have you know been having a fun time with it. But a lot of it is like remastered and remixed Destiny One content. Um like like exactly yeah um, yeah not not to not i'm not screaming lazy devs or anything it's stuff that i'm kind of glad got moved forward because there's a lot of really good stuff that got left in destiny one but um there kind of isn't all that much that's new in shadow keep if you've been playing uh destiny for a while aside from gears uh like some gear stuff but there is some really really awesome lore stuff and yeah. they're finally starting to pay off things that they were teasing even five years ago um it, it's a really it's an interesting expansion and i think it's really suitable for this point in time for where destiny is it just uh left battle net, net and switched over to steam uh, it went free to play uh the base game and the first year of content and all the pvp content is available to everyone um for free on yeah. any platform uh cross save is now uh cross uh save is now active so you can take your characters between platforms with you um 
So like Shadowkeep is simultaneously a love letter to Destiny 1 and a major setup for what's coming for Destiny 2. And I think um, it's a really good expansion for where er, Bungie and Destiny is at this point in time. I don't think it's my favorite um, Destiny expansion, but I mean, we still have the raid coming. Um, there's a dungeon coming later this month. Um, and they've kind of teased some other stuff is coming. So I'm going to hold out final thoughts until I really explore some of this stuff, um, and see how their new approach to seasons and updates, uh, go, but, um, I'm having a great time, uh, with it. It's a really cool expansion. Yeah. And it's, it's just different than previous expansions. Like it it is, it is, it definitely lacks some of the depth that I have seen with like, even like, especially, especially compared to Forsaken, right? Like it does not feel like it has the depth of Forsaken, but it feels like it's a lot wider in terms of like, it's got a greater breadth of what they're starting to set up. Um, And like, as Justin, like said, like the first mission, like they don't, they, they seem to be pretty forthcoming about like, Hey, some, some big shit you've been waiting for is about to pay off. Um, yeah, like you're saying, like it feels like a lot of stuff that like it feels like a greatest hits of Destiny One, um, but kind of in a in a good way. And like it's also just one thing we didn't touch on is like they're moving to this new seasonal model. Uh mm-hmm. and so it'll be really, really interesting. And this is also um so kind of it, it is not exactly like Fortnite, but the thing they're moving towards is like the idea of we're going to be able to move world states across everybody's game at the same time. So like there can be world events, like let's say a new alien faction invades or something. It can happen across everybody's game world at the same time. And so that feels like they're kind of, they're just laying in the groundwork for some more like in the moment. Um, uh, I guess it's like, what, what would you call that? Like I, just kind of like a living, breathing. Yeah. World kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think that's static. what a lot of, I think that's what a lot of people wanted from the original pitch for destiny. And I think that's what Bungie wanted from the original pitch for destiny. Um, and they've been very forthcoming um, and really doing a great job of communicating with their players since the split from Activision. Um, this yeah. is the first piece of content that they have released um, completely independently. Yeah. Uh, and like, also we haven't mentioned, you know, we're talking about the content drop that is Shadowkeep, but there's also been huge quality of life changes. They've made stats and weapon customization and armor customization way more in depth. Um, there's a lot of sweeping changes to the game uh, that even that even if you're jumping in now, um, even if you're playing some of the content that wasn't Destiny's um, best, you're still playing it with like the gameplay and quality of life changes that have been made since then. Um, which is really cool. Um, I'm really interested to see what like new players um, yeah. that jump in on the free to play train uh, have to say because uh, it's apparently doing huge on Steam. It's been like 200,000 concurrent players, basically consistently since Tuesday, um, and the one, two, and three best selling slots on Steam are all paid expansions for destiny yeah i i actually wanted to touch on the new player thing if, if you guys don't mind oh um, go, yeah, go ahead jeff yeah, yeah. I, i'm not a new player like i played destiny one and i played destiny two at launch i played the raid you know so like i'm i'm a fan i'm a casual fan i haven't played it i didn't play any of the dlc i didn't play forsaken so i bought forsaken and i reinstalled the game and i i did a bit of poking around online to make sure that this wasn't just me um but there, there's a few problems i i love what you're talking about with kind of this dynamic world that changes and goes on um but it, it's a complicated problem because 
think about this from the perspective of a new player. Like, for example, I reinstalled the game. I haven't played in like two years. I have Forsaken and I load up in the tower and that's it. Um, your milestones, which used to have quests in them, the only quest in my milestones little menu uh, is Shadowkeep, which I don't own. Uh, and there's nothing. I wandered around the tower for 15 minutes and had to actually Google, like, how do I do something? How do I do a quest? Yeah, uh, I think there, you I have think to go the... to. Sorry, go ahead, Justin. Sorry. What I've heard is like the new light, which is like kind of the rebranded free to play version, does a really good job of introducing you to stuff. Uh, that's but what I heard too. But it sounds like for lapsed players, it's kind of a mess. So I watched a stream of someone playing the new light version. It's basically the same thing. You do the uh, remade version of the first quest from Destiny 1, and then you basically just still get dropped off in the tower. Um, and Weird. yeah, like it, there's no, it, it, it gives you like, teaches you how to play the game, but it doesn't give you direction on what to do. All of the legacy content, if you're a new player, I'm guessing like either you don't care about the story at all, or you probably want to start from the beginning and play the main campaign. But the Red War, which is like the vanilla Destiny 2 campaign, along with Curse of Osiris and Warmind, are buried with a vendor in a hangar way in the corner of the tower. Yeah. And there's not nothing, even for new light, even for new players, as far as I can tell, I've watched some videos, there's nothing telling you, hey, to start the story, go here. And it's just, it's a very strange thing. And on top of that, it was, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil the vanilla events of Destiny 2, like, yeah, it's kind of weird, like, you're in the tower, but, like, tower, <laughs> narratively, be, yeah, you should be yeah. on the farm, because the tower's gone, and then yeah. you come back to the, it's just, like, it really messes with the narrative, and it's, like, I don't, I'm not saying there's an easy fix for it, it's a tough, like, this is maybe yeah. the best compromise that they could have, but it it is a bit of a challenge, I think, and it just proves how hard it is to satisfy everyone with these kind of things. Well, and that's the thing, Jeff, is, like, what you're saying right now as a concern of, like, hey, like, the, the, the dissonance of, of, like, what should be happening narratively if I'm a new player starting from day one and then what's actually happening, like, uh, in terms of, like, the, the tower actually being functional again is, like, this is something that they're going to have to address uh, before they move to a, a place where, like, dynamic events can happen across everybody's game world at mm -hmm. once, right? Like, they're just yeah. going to have to figure out a way to make it work. Like, New Light seems like it's doing a lot of things. Like, I think New Light's a cool way to get new onboarding where people can try your game for free. Like, I think that's a good idea. But, like, I don't think New Light is a sustainable model where, like, I don't think that you could come to Destiny 2 and play every day for free like you could other free-to-play games. I think you're going to hit mm -hmm. an upper limit before you're going to have to start spending money in terms I mean, of like, getting new content. I mean, I think... I, I actually kind of think the opposite because I think... Um, I mean, they've changed how the Eververse store works. Um... And also, now that, you know, they're not backed by a major publisher, I think a lot of people uh, are probably going to feel better. It's like, oh, my money goes directly to Bungie now and not to Activision, which I know was a big thing um, among the Destiny, Destiny community um, as well. But, like, also now you can buy the expansion packs, and Bungie seems fine with that. Like, it seems like there's a lot of ways um, that you could transfer from being, like, a free player to a paying player oh yeah um and i think that just having a combination like the the combination of ways could be you know um lucrative for them i have no idea um it'll be interesting to see but clearly it's uh given the player base a huge shot in the arm <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't think it's going after i don't think they're chasing the same fortnite style like 
make the free to play version uh the money maker i think that's more yeah. just like let's reduce the barrier to entry let people right. see what destiny is all about and hope that they like the game enough to go and buy the expansions and then catch up to the where everyone yeah. else is at yeah but i but i do think your concerns are totally valid which is like it does uh, at least on its surface feel really scummy to me that like the the <laughs> pitch is that hey you you got to play the first mission and now they're like oh yeah that first mission uh it's actually shadow keep or you can go find someone in the far corner where we're, we're not yeah and it. it's labeled like, legacy feels... content and it's just yeah. like it's given no fanfare it feels oh. like like you yeah. don't really need to do this. They should just call it. They should call it new light content or something. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a little bit easier. Or like give you an option, like, hey, do you want to start at the very beginning, or do you want to just yeah. get to the? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, play for the beginning, catch up with my friends or something like that. Yeah, it seems. I mean, like it's cool, and I'm interested to see what what Bungie can Bungie can do from here. Um, but yeah, like for new players, but also just in terms of like what they've set up narratively. Like I'm liking what I've played of of Des uh, of Destiny Two Shadow Keep so far. Like. I haven't beaten it like Justin, but I'm I'm pretty close. And like as somebody who's kind of a fair weather fan for this series, like it's more Destiny. It feels good. It looks cool on my PC. I used to play from Xbox, and now I moved over to PC. So yeah, I don't know. It seems it seems cool. Um, do we have any other like Destiny two things before we hop over to uh, talking about Sony? Mm, not really. I think a lot of what I have to say is kind of hitting up on spoiler territory. And there's okay. I I. One thing I want to give Bungie credit for is one thing that also always used to annoy me is they used to go into so much detail about what each expansion entailed because everybody was asking, where's the content for Destiny? Where's the content for Destiny? This is the first time they've actually kept a lot of stuff under wraps to the point where they were even kind of teasing that the main point of the campaign is different from what it actually is. Um, they've done a really good job of, um, you know, keeping things under wraps and there's some really cool surprises, um, for people that have been following story and lore stuff, which, um, you know, made me very happy. Yeah. Justin, before we move on to, sorry, Je Jeff, really a quick question from the chat, uh, asking yeah. about, uh, a new light and Justin, I think you might be able to answer it if Jeff and I can't, uh, somebody asked if, if you start as a new light, how much content do you get, uh, so as so New Light player. is the base game, Curse of Osiris, Warmind, uh, the the year one expansions, and all of the um, Crucible content. So okay, every so, map from and everything that has released. So, not, so basically everything except for Shadowkeep, Forsaken, and then last year's annual pass. Correct. Right? Okay. Um, and I I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure about how Gambit fix fits in i think they're going to have occasional like free gambit weekends or something for people that yeah. haven't um played it i think it's not included but yeah so for pve um you get everything you get everything from year one so vanilla first two expansions and you get everything for crucible i think gambit is locked out um gambit, yeah it. gambit's in a weird place like it even seems like bungie's not totally sure what to do with gambit yeah in terms um, of, like, i don't I know think, which version and I think now, if you buy Forsaken, it includes all the annual pass content. So, gotcha. like, all the extra endgame stuff that was added in the seasons for Forsaken, you just have to buy for Forsaken, and then you get that. Um, and then right. Shadowkeep. Right. Okay. All right. Did somebody did somebody have some, one more thing before we move on? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, Derek, I'll let Derek go, go ahead. Oh, mine is, is much less meaningful. So, um, what's the deal with everyone bringing back the Moon's Haunted meme? Okay, so 
it was just the the moon is haunted. In is the moon literally Keep. haunted? The moon is literally haunted. So initially, when um when that tweet went around, people made jo- made jokes about you know Destiny One and the moon being haunted because that is kind of the moon's thing. It's super haunted in Shadowkeep. There are literal ghosts just floating around on the moon. Welcome to And they're wailing. You like you get patrol missions from the ghosts of guardians that died on the moon. Yeah, it, they're actually quite mopey ghosts. As you walk by them, they're like, are you the one that can me? And I'm like, no, motherfucker. Looking for a chest. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah, no. No, it's moon, weird, cool. real haunted. Moon, moon is real haunted. Moon yeah, real it's haunted. Cool. Warms it's my weird, but cold, cool. ironically depressed heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I mean, like this. This goes without saying because Bungie's always been good at this shit. But like the the sh- or the sky boxes in this game are just yeah. So it's a fucking gorgeous expansion. Everything about it, and and on. I mean, it looks great on console too. But on PC too, I've been especially impressed. Destiny's um, art department is is probably some of the best in the entire business. Yep. It's, yep. Even the base game, the stuff like all the hive areas. When I was on, uh, I think um, Titan, going through some of the like, yeah, just some of the caves and stuff like that, and the lighting and the the architecture in the game. It's there, yeah. There, there were a couple like reveal points. In Shadowkeep, I actually gasped when yeah. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jeff, everything you're saying is, like, up to the next level. Like, exactly what you're saying. Like, you will, like, the game is set up where, like, you'll come around a bend, and they'll be like, oh, here's a vista with a cool narrative, uh, like, unpacking mm-hmm. to. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful fucking thing. Um, okay, so, Jeff, did you have one more question before we, before we move on? Yeah, so, and I, I think this, it's kind of a more broader topic that's tied to Destiny, and okay. um, I know Derek's been a little bit quiet, because I don't think he's been playing Destiny, but I think everyone can chime in on this never, one. Never played a Destiny. Uh, we, we got time on the show. I want to talk about, uh, like, launch day issues for big yeah. online games. It happens at least 50% of the big, big games that launch that rely on servers, online connectivity. Um, so, like, I guess I just want to frame it like, is this acceptable? Um, there's two things, right? We'd say, be patient. Things are hard. Um, but at the same time, people are paying money for a product. So, you know, at what, like, what is a reasonable expectation? Is it just, like, as long as developers are transparent about it, does that make it okay? Like, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on what are players owed in terms of functionality day one what is an acceptable window what's an acceptable response because these things if you talk to anyone who has worked in network infrastructure servers they will tell you these things aren't they are impossible to prevent you can do your best a lot of people get lucky and don't run into problems but it's nearly impossible to 100 percent say there will be no problems because you cannot predict what will happen until you flip that switch. That's that's true. Um, From the perspective of the people who actually that's their job or their career take care of. Um, they all tell us that that's it's a significantly harder thing to be prepared for than any of us understand. Um, and I'm inclined to believe people for whom that is their career over gamers on Twitter.com. Um, I also, I mean, we got to acknowledge, like, like, like it's been noted, any major online multiplayer game there are always almost always some kind of stumbles sometimes it's so small that we don't really like make a big deal out of them we just got to wait in queues for a little longer than we would normally put up with but it's a big big new game on release day and we handle that or 
sometimes you have like major login issues and like not enough space for players, like absurdly long, uh, you know, wait times to actually get on to the server and play. And that happens often enough with major games that like people get caught by it was weird to me when when people were caught by surprise <laughs> that we had these issues with destiny it was like look i don't i've never played destiny i know nothing about destiny specifically but it doesn't matter because we keep seeing this stuff happen so why be surprised by it it's a thing it is a common problem like you know and and Although Destiny's usually immune to it. Like, yeah, that's, that's, the weird that's I think, the reason why people got mad. That's just what I was going to say. Um, I have been playing Destiny since the first alpha. I ha- th- Shadowkeep is the first time since the beta that I have had issues with online in Destiny. Um, it, it is remarkably stable, which is part of the reason why I wasn't so mad <laughs> about it, because it was going to have to happen sometime and you know influx of free-to-play players people coming back for a new expansion moving to steam like those servers probably fried um there's a lot going on at once yeah and like and they were pretty quick on um fixing it um it was like i think they took all the servers down for like two hours or so Uh, and it's been it's been fine since then so on, I mean, it's it's like I, it depends like what we just determine as a quick yeah. fix, right? Like it so it launched one p.m. and like I I was able to log in and actually play a mission in its fullest, like as it was meant to be in, intended by like eight or eight thirty, so like seven and a half hours. And it's hard because like it's it's like I I get why people get frustrated about it, um, but I also feel like I mean like you can't be mad at Bungie. I'm sure Bungie wasn't happy. Like okay, so this isn't I'm not I'm not gonna spoil the narrative. I'm just gonna give a setup like. The way Shadowkeep starts is it, it's meant to be you and several other guardians, like the beginning of Destiny 2, instead of defending a place, you're a siege, you know, it's a siege, you're taking something on, and it's a big fight. And it's supposed to be an instance where you're pulling in dozens of other players to fight around you, or at least feel like dozens of other players. And it didn't work for me when I was playing, when server issues were happening. And so it's going to be a huge siege, and it's just me. And, like, there's all these explosions <laughs> happening around you. And, like, it's, it, 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 it's like, it was going to feel cool if there were, like, a dozen of us, but instead there's, like, all these, like fake explosions happening around me because it's supposed to be like other people are with me and it's like it's not really there um and the first mission Zach, it was cool when i did it so are, well yeah <laughs> i believe you but my point is that like bungie I, set I, this I, up bungie yeah. bungie set this up to feel like it's gonna be like this awesome moment where like you're with your friends you're retaking the moon you're on the offensive and then it's like it's me and i'm kind of struggling to fight these people because like it's me and a bunch of fucking ai <laughs> shooting me so it's like it's like one of those things where it's like bungie's not happy with this we're not happy with this but it's also 2019 and like yeah it's an always online game like this shit happens and it fucking sucks but what can we do i i think for me the thing is how consistent after launch it happens and how how transparent the team is about fixing it and how long these problems persist like if it's if it's two three four days or more days later and you're still having regular outages with the service that's a problem um especially if you're not hearing for the from the team i remember i think it was drive club it was like a month before they had their uh, online let me, functionality. I can tell you about Drive Club. I was in Drive Club day one. Yeah, and it was, Boy, it that was, was a mostly... A that was, it was, that that was, was a game that had gotten delayed a year, and then it came out, and the online stuff didn't work for like a month, and it's game, mainly an online game. for several months. 
literally they had to rebuild the yeah. entire network infrastructure you could not play the game online for months yeah you so know i i was gonna bring up i was gonna bring up my experience with the master chief collection it seems I guess another good one is that yeah i guess what i was gonna say is that like we've had numerous instances of like really fucking terrible launches this generation and i would destiny 2 shadow keep is nothing compared to those like it was fine i mean it sucked for six hours and obviously my my first experience with it was like a bad taste because like the servers were fucked but also like somebody who starts it today is not going to have that mediocre experience that i did um i mean yeah. it could have been worse i guess is what i'm saying and like uh, you know people it's not to say it shouldn't work right away but there's things you can do to make sure you have a good experience you know yeah. i know you want to be there right away wait three hours like you know just look online see if people are having issues like wait a day like it you know you know there's going to be problems and it's I, i'd compare it to like going to like an apple store on like the day of an iphone launch like you could staff as many people as you want like it's just you know there's going to be lineups it's going to take forever there's it's going to be a little bit of chaos that's just how the nature of a big launch is but you can never appropriately scale things for that influx of people because in a week you literally have half the amount of people logging on as you did in that first day right like right so yeah because also there's no other like hour that is going to have as many people trying to log on as that yeah. initial it went well, live and, and also with launching a, a free-to-play version I guess normally they could probably gauge based on pre-order numbers and kind of get an estimate. How do you know how many people are going to click that download button? Yeah. And it seems yeah. like there was way more than they thought. Like, it, I think in the update today, they said it wasn't even just the sheer yeah. player load. It was, it was, there was just something about, like, there was just some thing that about, you know, mm -hmm. like, connecting you, things. connecting to certain instances that was broken it wasn't just the sheer load it was something else in the and, system and i wanted to mention that justin because like even even bungie was like immediately in that talking out like hey please don't blame the new players it's not <laughs> yeah. their fault yeah. please don't do that um yeah i mean it's cool i mean like everything about what bungie is doing right now is like trying to broaden the amount of people who can come play because right now destiny i mean destiny 2 has always been like a very very dedicated but not as big as as people might have expected or wanted mm -hmm. to be so i mean they're making the right moves but yeah i mean are we are we ready to talk about sony yeah i think so yeah okay <laughs> okay so it's it's been a big week uh for sony and i guess we'll start with sean Layden. uh and actually the way it was announced so sean Layden, uh what was his official job title sorry he was I believe he was chairman of Sony Interactive Entertainment Studios. Right. I think it was, he was chairman and Shuhei Yoshida was president. It might have been the other way around. I don't they know moved. what the difference between a chairman and a president I is. I believe he was and the they, prime minister. But they, well, but like, it, it's really complicated because they shuffled so many people around when Trenton left, right? Like that was what mostly. Yeah, because initially Layden had Trenton's position as right, like president swapped. of SIE America. Right. Um, and then he got position changed to yeah. being just in charge of the studios. But so when, also when in charge down, with Shuhei Yoshida. CEO of Sony Entertainment. Sony Interactive okay. Entertainment Worldwide Studios. He was CEO of Worldwide Studios, not of okay. Sony. Gotcha. Yeah. So he had he had uh, was initially Sony America, and then for the past couple of years, he's been Worldwide. Well, worldwide. Studios. 
Right. So so the ways was announced is actually pretty unusual, especially for Sony. Yeah. Uh, which was like middle of the like maybe around five o'clock Eastern time. Maybe they said a thing, and they were like, and honestly, the tone sounded a little bit more bleak than it ended up being. I they were like, died. I yeah, they were like, they're like, with it is with <laughs> a lot of emotion. <laughs> yeah, with a lot of emotion, we have announced that Sean Lee has been is departed. Is no longer with us. He's no longer <laughs> with us. We don't know what happened. Uh, but yeah, the phrase the phrasing was like, you know, we, we're so appreciative of, of what he did, but he's gone now. And it's weird Guys, because we left Sean uh, Layden in the backyard, but we forgot to lock the gate. <laughs> <laughs> he got out. He's he's got his collar on, but he's not microchipped. <laughs> uh but like so the weird thing is like sony is typically like they're very like especially their business side is very press release oriented and so it was weird to not see anything from this um so yeah so the, i mean this is the big this is the big news uh shake up people are talking about but the other thing is like i don't know how many of you guys uh are a weirdo like me uh but like my journalist brain is like i should keep i should keep checking sean Layden's twitter and see what he's been liking over the yeah. past few days and like what he's been liking the past few days are people being like, wow, he did a great job. It's going to be really hard to fill those shoes, which to me doesn't sound like something that, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate about it's that. It's weird. It's not yet. overly negative, but like it, there's a weird, there's a little bit of a pattern, but maybe we're just looking too hard into it. But like, uh, yeah. and then the Japanese press release said he retired. Well, but, well, but said he retired, but also, also there was then the next day, one of the Japanese execs retired. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it was. It was. Uh. Yeah. It had. It had a weird title because it was like Japan Asia president yeah. was like. What yeah. It was the official... the Japan Asia head. Yeah, which was weird. Sorry, Jeff. What were you saying? No, I was just gonna say. I, I think it just was a different tone, and like you said, it was the way they delivered the news. Uh, was different than normal. Uh, yeah. Usually, they have a big public announcement. Uh, like when Andy House left and stuff like that. Like you know, especially when they've been with the company for so long in such a prominent position. And it did feel like it was a bit of an uncomfortable separation. Like, yeah, something like, happened. Someone wasn't. I don't know. It it, it didn't it feel, like, feel a, like. Yeah. yeah. It, nobody like it, it feels like somebody either either on the Sony end or or the late inside. Like it didn't leave a hundred percent amicable. Like I'm sure there's no feelings but like it doesn't feel like both sides were equally happy with where things ended up but mm -hmm. like so so i guess some of the discourse here that we've seen of all over last week both with the with uh with the um the president of J japan asia and then also sean Layden, uh is that the people are saying wow this is a lot of yes yes it was the end of the quarter which is a significant time for people to see turnover but also like we're expecting PS5 next November, which is, yes, 13 months from now, but we are expecting to probably have a reveal event for this game in, like, potentially as soon as February. You mean and the so PlayStation now... 5? Yeah, sorry. What a... yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just said game. I was, I was just oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> it was like eight of those. Sorry, yeah, my bad. Waypoint set in chat says someone is walking into Sony and taking down every mini boss before they get to Yoshida. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but seriously though, like, so I guess my thing is that without, without, I mean, and and I would say Sean Layden has has and listen, maybe this is just somebody who's been consuming a lot of Xbox products over the last decade, but like, I felt like Sean Layden was slowly adapting to that that Phil Spencer energy, and so now without him there, like who is who is their guy who makes the big pitch for the PS5 in three months or four months or whatever? Is it is it Yoshida? Like who is the who is the who's our who's their big guy now? Yeah, Jackson, they, I think they, they need to go out and get one. They haven't announced who's replacing Layden nope. yet. <laughs> nope. Um, See, the, Reggie, the thing with like Kevin this, Butler's coming back. The thing with these roles <laughs> is 
They're executives, and yes, they're there to sell you products. You know, we know these companies aren't your friends, but one thing that <laughs> Phil does great and Sony has done great is putting human people that feel genuine, and you don't mind being sold a product because you know, even if they're awkward and stilted, sometimes you still feel like they're a person talking to you on a on a personal level, uh, whether that's genuine or whether it's a very good play. Um, it's important to have that kind of personality that can convey that message and convey that um, sense of feeling and trust. Uh, you can't just put right. anyone out on the stage. And I think it's harder than people think to find those people. I mean, I guess, I listen, maybe Sean Layden said no to Act 3 and Mark Cerny whispered <laughs> him into submission. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, like right now, it's like, I mean, the thing is that, and Ryan has said a lot of really good, uh, I always want to call him Jack Ryan, which is, it's Jim, right? <laughs> Jim Ryan, yeah. Yeah, like, I always, like, uh, Jim Ryan has a history of putting his foot in his mouth, but he's actually been pretty good this week. Um, in his <laughs> This week. This week um, is the funniest qualifier you could have given <laughs> This week, he's been actually... Uh, but he did say that, like, you know, the, the biggest thing that you see is, like, the track re record for the console that has the leading sales actually struggles in the next gen. And the la the, my biggest mm -hmm. focus is not complacency, which is, like, it was in the press release where I'm talking about they're going to be more open with crossplay, which is the right thing to hear. Um, but it's just he doesn't have a track record for not fucking up. And so it, it, make, it begs the question, if you do not replace uh, Sean Layden, then it's either it's either Ryan or Mark Cerny's going to whisper ASMR us into the PS5 era, which is also which, possible. Which, if it's Cerny, I, I'd be so happy. I love listening to that man talk. <laughs> He's very soothing, and they let him. He was the he was the guy who was. God, but like he was. I mean, so he was the Justin. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mark Cerny. I mean, he is the hardware guy, but like he was the one who actually uh, did the big wired blowout, right? When they yes, he did PS5 the big wired yeah. blowout, and he also did pretty much the whole PS4 reveal um, presentation right. and the PS4 Pro. Um, he he usually does like a big tech presentation for those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, so I guess I guess my thing is, and I and Justin, I know I know you and I have talked about this extensively this week, but I guess yeah. I want to hear Derek Derek and Jeff first. I just want to hear like, do you guys do you guys think this is like a cause for concern in terms of you know PlayStation's positioning with PS5? Do you think we've got enough time? Do you think it's indicative of anything, or is it just like yeah, there's staff turnover sometimes, and the end of the generation is the right time to do it? What mm. is, what are we thinking? What I said before is these people, Andy House, Sean Layden, and Yoshida's been there a long time too. They've been there for like at least twenty years maybe even longer in some yeah. cases. That's a long time to be at a company. So part of it could just be coincidence. This is a lot of people who've been at a company for a long time and all of them are just feeling like it's time to move on. And also, I I don't know the relationship between all of them, but sometimes you're at a place because you're cozy and you like the people you work with. And you know maybe some of their friends and longtime colleagues leaving is enough to just say like, okay, maybe me too um it's definitely not good timing i won't say they're leaving because there's problems with the ps5 but it cannot be good to have all so much of your senior leadership leave right before you're set to launch a new console like because now you whoever you bring in new you have to get all the messaging on point you have to get everyone back in sync uh it's very disruptive so i i think that's uh that's the part that's um a little worrying to me but i don't think it'll affect like the development of the system at all or any of the real policies um it's also tough with sony because i feel like their structure is really weird i can never quite figure out who is who or who reports to who like i feel like xbox and microsoft is a very straightforward like i know 
Everybody goes up to Greenberg, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. Sony, just because of the globalization and the way their North American and Japanese sides work, like I I always find it tough to figure out who's really running the show. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I mean, it's it's just going to be weird to watch. Uh, Derek, what's your take, buddy? Yeah, I mean, I think like, on paper and like like kind of like in the abstract it's a little worrisome because you know we've had some people leave and this is not the best timing in the world even if it's completely amicable right if there's no drama behind the scenes which you know i mean we haven't really seen much indication beyond people leaving that there is i'm inclined to believe that a lot of the rumors about stuff going on behind the scenes come from people leaving rather than the rumors being separate and independent um but, like, ultimately, Sony's not like Nintendo and Microsoft. Like Jeff pointed out, like, their, their structures always felt kind of fluid and, and hard to nail down. And people have always, people have been moving around a lot over the last several years anyway. And they've done fine. Um, and, I, like, I'm also kind of a believer that, that shuffling around can be really good. Like... I yeah. call this call this blasphemy. Um, I think one of the best things that happened to Nintendo with Switch Generation was Miyamoto basically retiring. Um, you know, and yeah. and uh, Shinya yeah. Takahashi taking his place because I know that that we love our our grandpa Miyamoto, but like nobody is the right person for the job forever. Um, mm-hmm. and eventually it's smart to get people moving around. Um, and, and I don't know. I think I think you know we talk about we got to get people on on point for messaging and ready for PlayStation Five, but I actually think PlayStation five is going to be not the hardest sell in the world. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's PlayStation four plus one, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's, if, if they just, whoever right. comes in, as long as they've got something of a tech background, I think they're walking into that. That shot's been lined up for them already. Um, you know, so unless they're completely incompetent, I, I think that they've got, um, a, you know, like I said, they've got, they've got not the hardest task in the world ahead of them. I'm sorry, um, as when you said as long as they're not incompetent, I just thought if they walked on Matrick out on the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got the perfect console for you. It's called the PlayStation 4. Yeah. yeah. Um, and here's our intern, Josh. Like, <laughs> you know. but um, but yeah. So like, I don't, I you know, I I I want to know more about what's going on. I want to know why Sean Layden left. Did he just get like? Did he get poached for a position with a different company? Like a lot of people are yeah. using Google. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it, was there really drama behind the scenes? Like, I think that stuff's worthwhile to, for us to know. But I think that all of that is ultimately just like fun hobbyist speculation stuff for an enthusiast. Yeah. In the end, I think that realistically, the majority of people who play games, the majority of PlayStation fans really don't have much reason to be concerned about these staff shakeups at this point in time yeah we'll Fair panic enough. later okay we'll panic later justin i just want to hear your quick take and then like maybe broader uh, yeah, in terms cause... of ps5 with with i guess i guess my thing is that what we're if if you have the background on this and i don't want you to stress about it if you don't but if you're the background on this what was sean Layden a big advocate for that he, that you can concretely feel like he was a big advocate for that we might be missing here or or is is it feel like other people can do what he did I'm not real. I'm not really sure. Um, he has kind a lot of his time. It, it seemed like he was kind of experimenting with different types of marketing. Um, okay. You know, this year Sony wasn't at E3. 
um, but they've been doing their state of plays. Um, they had, you know, a separate announcement thing for Death Stranding. Um, they've been doing, you know, more kind of direct marketing um, instead of just getting everybody on stage to sh- uh, social, uh, show some trailers. Um, it, and like I said, he's also already moved positions within PlayStation. He went from being president of PlayStation US to working worldwide. with Worldwide Studios. Um, and Worldwide Studios is the Sony first party games. Um, it's well, not, like, that's like, the thing, right? Yeah, like, that's it's, that's it's like, and, how could you be um, dissatisfied with what he's done? Yeah, and like, so, but like, Yoshida is still there as far, as far as we know. And like, the two big things, the big things for me that have you know really defined PlayStation is you know, especially with the PlayStation 4 era, is good hardware that developers like. Uh, we know Mark Cerny's on the PS5. Uh, and so I'm pretty confident on that front and, you know, their first party output, which a lot of wheels are probably have been in motion for a while. They're not afraid of long development cycles, um, or anything. Um, and then also the two things that everybody was kind of worried about when Jim Ryan came on as the new head of PlayStation were backwards compatibility and crossplay. We have full backwards compatibility for PlayStation 4 confirmed for PS5. And literally the day after um, Laden left, there was a lot of murmuring that, um, you know, crossplay was the reason. He was kind of more open to crossplay. Um, literally the next day, we found we found out that Sony has fully allowed crossplay. <laughs> yeah, seems like some uh, convenient marketing strategy yeah. there to announce the retirement at 5 p.m. and then the next morning, <laughs> fresh, good, positive news. But yeah. hey, I don't know. Um, yeah. But, um, and like, so those were, those would be the two areas that like, I would have been worried about Sony fucking up going into the next generation. And we know those are set. Like those are fine now. Um, I think Layden seemed like a cool guy. He had been at PlayStation since the beginning and he had been at Sony Sony since like 87, I think. Um, so I, I wish him the best. I hope nothing horrible happened behind the scenes. Um, but I know for me, who the executive is yeah. doesn't really change too much for me um, because, I mean, also that Jim Ryan quote, the I'm trying to avoid complacency so we don't, you know, fuck up next gen. Like, <laughs> yeah, a shockingly uh, refreshing yeah. take from him. Yeah, uh, like that's the kind of thing I want to hear them saying. Um, I'm not going to freak out about it. We'll see how things go. If things go poorly, uh Sorry, my cat. Uh, <laughs> um, if things go poorly, we'll let them know, and then we'll see how they adjust. Fair enough. Does anybody else have any closing Sony thoughts before we kind of move into some question bucket stuff? Gonna gonna touch more on crossplay or? Oh yeah, let's touch on some crossplay. So, crossplay. I, I feel like it's yeah. kind of a big deal for as much as we've harped. No, on it. I mean yeah. it is. I mean it is a big deal, but it's just like <laughs> it, it's one of those things where like the press. So so to give everybody the, the top level. So right now, or previously, Sony had had, had crossplay in beta, which meant only select partners could could do it. Uh, could could have um crossplay in their games. So this was games like Fortnite. Uh, Call of Duty was announced ahead of time, but Call of Duty is obviously coming out later. Um, and then some some smaller free-to-play titles. I think Dauntless did it too, I think. Um, so there's been a several cu- titles that have been like trying it, um, but then notoriously like Chucklefish, I think, was the yeah. folks who made Wargroove asked, and Sony said no, according to them. Um, so, I mean, like it's been hit or miss, but now on Tuesday, right after they announced Sean Layden's departure, uh, they said that, hey, it's out of beta, and now anybody can do it. 
Um, so that opens the door to, you know, seeing some of your favorite games, your your destinies. Um, obviously, Call of Duty is already doing it. Um, but so theoretically, we'll see a wider spread use. The thing is that that I found a little bit that made that made it very transparent that it was PR to cover laden because they did not announce like a, a range of games that they would be working with uh, that would be kicking it off, which I would kind of would expect in a press release. But I mean, who knows? Like, it would be nice if they had said, like, here's here's five new games that are coming also. Well, see, the weird thing was it wasn't a press release either. It was literally in a Wired article. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, they're not going to announce this publicly, but our developer sources have told us this. Um, oh. Yeah. So it it might not have even just happened. Um, it might have been they yeah. were poking around, you know, trying to find out what happened with Layden and then found this out. Because I think it was right around Gamescom, I think. There was a few games that were announced that, seemed kind of small and kind of strange to be having crossplay. Um the one that really stuck out in my mind was the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles remaster. Yeah. That doesn't seem like your Fortnite, your Call of Duty like yeah. let our big partners do it and then yeah. the little guys can do whatever. Um that was the point where I'm like, "Huh, they're kind of maybe they're opening this up more." And um I've talked about this a few times, but like Lack of crossplay has been my biggest complaint with PlayStation this generation, especially since it started. Um, a lot of my friends play games on other platforms now, uh, multiplayer games. Um, and I'm somebody that I really like the DualShock 4 because I have wrist issues and it's one of the few controllers I can use that I don't have that problem. And like, I just want to play where I can be comfortable and I can play with my friends where they can be comfortable. Um, and, yeah. you know, like... Uh, Zach and I were playing the Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta with that had seamless crossplay, like really fast, easy to use, and it was great. Um, and so I like some people are like, "Oh, well, about fucking time!" I'm just glad that it finally happened. It happened and at I'm, all, yeah. I'm glad that you know it happened before the generation transition. Yep. Um, we can start fresh now, kind of. We can start yeah. fresh. It's not something we have to worry about. It's not something. That they they're like sitting on just for like a good PR announcement. Yeah, it, they're not banking on that to, as an easy. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and so, I, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I, I was just gonna say, can I be the cynical guy? Yes. Can I be the jaded one? Yes. Like I feel like this isn't over. Um, you know, things always change. Even if Sony's on board now, you still have to get the developers and publishers on board, especially for the big games. I don't think Ubisoft has even talked about crossplay. Well, yeah, I've never even be... heard them mention so, it. So I'm yeah, just I'm... glad that we no longer have to spam the PlayStation Twitter account. No, but like, like it's a lot. Is, it's I a lot like the easier. Ball is just yeah. handed around constantly, yeah. and now someone else has the ball. Um, there was I want to everyone to take this with a huge grain of salt because it's from a site called WCCF tech, which I've seen some, like they've had some very poorly transcribed articles and interviews before. Um, so they're, they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That site, that site can either have really good rumors yeah. or just complete and utter bullshit. Yeah, like, like it, it just, runs the complete gamut. Sometimes they just word things poorly or I don't know. So anyways, they had an interview with the war thunder developer. Um, and what, this the War Thunder guys said this game's been around for a while. Um, they currently have crossplay between I think it's PC and PS4 and PC and Xbox, but not PC, not PS4 and Xbox. And they were discussing Sony's upcoming new crossplay policy, and basically said that they, they couldn't go into specifics because of like legal restrictions, obviously NDAs. Um, but there's some sort of policy 
in their new crossplay um, that prevents them from keeping cross progression. So right now, War Thunder has cross progression across all platforms. Oh, what the fuck! So, so they're like, if we enable this new crossplay policy and adhere to these new policies, all of a sudden we can't do cro full cross progression Yo. because there's certain elements. And that's not like this isn't saying that Sony is saying you can't. Like they're not blocking. It's just a technicality. There's something in the wording or the legalese where, uh, like, it, it's gonna prevent them from fully synchronizing and. Uh, all your stats and your stuff across platforms. If, so, if that's true, that makes me extremely curious. I mean, obviously Destiny mm -hmm. right now, but I mean, it would be interesting to see with it with cross save. I, I yeah, that's fascinating. But it could be something as simple as like an API issue. Yeah, like, I mean, right? Like it could just be a technical bug where like they can't. It doesn't mean they're I saying mean, like, yeah, yeah. Yes, PSN is so garbled that like they had a hard time changing names. So like, I mean, I would believe that it could just be a small technical issue. Huh. That's interesting. I haven't heard that, though. Yeah, because, yeah. like, I imagine you kind of have to have... I mean, it also could just be the way, like, their server and stuff interact, because yeah. I imagine you have to have it planned to, like, sync up characters and stuff, like, against a server with your account so that it can work on multiple platforms. Like, um, and cross-progression, I think, also is kind of the harder sell, especially when it comes to, like, cross-purchases and stuff like that. You know, no one that's getting a 30% cut wants people buying things other places or wants people, you know, buying something there and then using it somewhere else. Um, I get that. Um, but, which is why, like, I know cross progression is, is always a weird subject because there's so many factors and it varies so much game to game. Um, but I am just happy with cross play because okay, my friend can use their character on their platform. I can use my character on my platform. We don't have to worry about syncing it, going back and forth or anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, do we have anything else we want to touch on before we move over to some fun, goofy, lighter questions? Derek, what do you got? Do you have anything? Tell me, what did you have for lunch today, Derek, before we move on? Oh, um, I didn't. What? You didn't have lunch? No, I'm not feeling you take good. Care of I'm not feeling well, good. I had breakfast and I had dinner but i i didn't have lunch what, what'd you have for breakfast i had i had a big old muffin <laughs> nice a big old okay and a walnut muffin oh all right all right all right fine we'll move on we'll move on to questions okay so this one comes from kyle uh kyle said he couldn't be here tonight kyle foley but uh he did ask one question for us uh so if you're stranded on a desert island and you could have one video game character stranded with you uh to help you live or just spend time with them who would it be this is a very weird one but also Hmm. Hmm. Now, see, like, my immediate inclination is to try to think of, like, somebody from some survival-oriented game. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but, like, I could also just be, like, a fucking Charizard and I fly back, right? Like, we gotta, <laughs> you know. You know, okay, fine, let's rephrase it. You're on vacation. You know? Like, you wanna be on that island. Alright. Alright. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Alright, I... See, because part of me wants to have Super Mario Sunshine version of Mario with hell yeah, uh, just so he can Hawaiian spray me with that fucking all. yeah yeah spray me with that fucking hose, <laughs> Mario. Let's go. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you heard me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a good one. Um, fuck, I don't know. Justin, I, what about you? 
Sack. Is it Sackboy? You know, I, I think uh, you, Sully. You know what? You know Sully what? would be yeah. a good guy to go on vacation with. Oh yeah, yeah. Jeff. Jeff, you, yeah. you, you just got the. Qu- you just got the completely subjective question right. Yeah, but- that's, that's <laughs> a good answer. But I, I also think that Sully would be like, like Jeff would want to like, you know, maybe swim in the water, go wakeboarding, build a sandcastle, and Sully's like, no, lounging, <laughs> smoking a cigar. Like he's not. He has no interest in doing what you want to do on vacation. He's a selfish vacationer. <laughs> If you if you force Erdnot Rex to go on vacation to like a vacation ass island, what would fucking happen? I might pick Rex from Mass Effect just to see what happens when you force him to stick around there, on a beach and chill. There'd be a lot of fighting. <laughs> yeah, I, I can guarantee that part. The other beach so somebody's getting headbutted. <laughs> But also, like, maybe maybe it's kind of... I see, in my head, I'm imagining you fighting with Rex, but also kind of thematically close to, like, the Top Gun beach volleyball sequence. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, yeah, like, it's what a little bit Krogan of that. look like shirtless? Can he surf? Is, also, he, just, is he buoyant? Like... Also, uh, uh, CJ, Waypoint in chat, uh, also brought up a good point, which is uh, Funky Kong seems like an excellent show. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Funky, yeah, I mean, obviously Funky Kong. Brandon's not good. on the show. Brandon said Joel from the last of us. I yeah. think that was from when it was still the survival thing. Okay. No, 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 it's great Joel's, either way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joel's actually just ready to work on his tan, actually. Yeah. God. Can I go to the oh. beach with Coltrane? Uh, yes. Absolutely. Coltrane, baby! <laughs> So fucked up. The, the caricature in the early game is so, so fucked up. It's not but good. I love him. Unironically, no, he's a good all character. the way through. He, but yeah, number yeah. one was a little. Mm. He did, did a rap his, over the Did they change of his one, voice between mm. four and five? He sounds like a very different just, voice actor. No, no, I don't think. No, no, no. It's always the same voice actor. Just he's better just voice director, you think? Yeah. Yeah, also better director. I mean, they're like, they're like, hey, maybe we shouldn't make you a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is cool that they decided yeah. to not do that. Um, yeah, okay. Does anybody else have any cool, fun beach vacation friends from video games they would bring with? No Kirby stands here? I mean, I don't want to get eaten. Kirby would just sleep and then eat a watermelon. Like Kirby's cute, but I don't really want to be around him for long periods of time. It's dangerous, uh, honestly. <laughs> okay. I think that's yeah. bad. All right, fair enough. All right, another question. This one is from CJ, who is in the chat. Uh, okay, so if any developer or publisher was going to make a Smash Bros. style game, uh, which company um, do you pick, and what would be your first three reps? Uh, he says no Nintendo, obviously. So, so I guess this is like, uh, you know, your PlayStation All Stars, I guess, would yeah. be like what? Just, so, just, yeah. just like everything other than Smash, essentially. Yeah, basically, don't be Nintendo. So, like, yeah, okay. do you want you know your Bandai Namco's? I get like. Um, I feel like it's gotta be Ubisoft. You, you know, wait, so Jeff, no, 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 unpack for me what what you think of Ubisoft. I I gotta listen to what you got before I go. (laughs) I'm totally Uh, naming Aiden Pierce. (laughs) I feel like Nintendo has a thing going where even though the characters are from all these different games, they all jive very well together. And I feel like Ubisoft does not have that synergy. So like, I don't know. I don't know. Of like uh, Sam Fisher and like some rabbits and the one of the Assassin's Creed guys, and they're all <laughs> in their own characters. Uh, I don't know. It would be <laughs> main character be... from Child of Light, completely yes. accurate to the art style. Like uh, the and also the, the, Ghost Recon, 
the, the Ghost Recon man is there, and he just keeps using a gun. It seems really <laughs> shit balls. Weird. Yeah. Also, it also is like every Ubisoft game's generation tonal whiplash, and so some kids are extremely gruesome and violent, and the rabbits are adorable. <laughs> but you can absolutely murder them because, of course, it's Ubisoft. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Derek, fascinating. Derek, walk us through Capcom. What, what would a Capcom fighter look like? I'm a big believer. Well, I mean, Capcom makes a lot of fighters anyway. I'm a big believer Capcom has the single best, like, stable of franchises outside of Nintendo. Um, and it helps that they've been making crossover stuff forever. Um, let's skip some of the obvious stuff, right? Like, no Street Fighter character, no Mega Man character, because you, you know that, that they're going to be in there. You know you're going to have, like, Ryu and Chun-Li. You know you're going to have Mega Man and Zero. You know you're going to have um, a couple of Resident Evil characters, although I'd argue, for once, put Leon in the crossover. I'm kind of done with Chris Redfield. Give me my boy Leon. Give the gays some juice. Actually, a lot of, a lot of I us mean, love Chris. Chris. That's not... That's not <laughs> If we get Chris, he needs the sailor outfit. Not the point. Okay. Um, you know, you'd obviously have like the monster hunter. Um, but I want to see some out there stuff, right? Get us keep it get us beautiful Joe. Um, you know, with his gigantic head looking completely different from every other character in the roster. Um, God, I love beautiful Joe. I mean, honestly, I think like the Marvel's Capcom series has done a really good job, the Capcom side, of being pretty wild and picking some stuff you wouldn't maybe necessarily think of. Um, or franchise that have been dead. So just keep that same energy would give me an all Capcom game. Like it's a boring answer, but it's I feel like the best answer. Uh Capcom Capcom fucking slap. Like Is when there a prominent character in Dragon's Dogma? I feel like everyone loves that game, but I couldn't name I mean realistically it would just you'd probably just pick like the Arisen, you know, as the main character and probably like default okay. to like the default appearance you have in the like mm. tutorial segment of the game. Um, and actually that character does have a name. And I don't remember it. Um, does not point like, yeah, do, do a dragon's dogma character. There's a lot you could do with that shit. You just throw people, right? That's the best part of dragon's <laughs> question, dogma. Question. Is it tasteless to say paradox and have all the Civ characters fight? Is that tasteless? <laughs> no, I'm no that's an amazing idea. You know that on the box art, Gandhi has to be the one looming in the background with a nuclear cloud coming like, out from behind. Yeah. Him. Like, if that box art is Gandhi punching Hitler, um, like, trillions of copies sold. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm trying to think, like... I mean, I guess PlayStation All-Stars is the thing that's never coming back, but was an interesting idea. It should, and I, but it won't. I mean, can the Forza Cars just... Can <laughs> have Forza Cars? Just what, like that actually, bonus mode in Enter the Matrix where yeah. the cars could fight? Yeah. Um, yeah Capcom was going to be my answer, too. I agree with Derek. That's a... Like, mm. that would actually make for a good game. But then, like, also... Also a fun one could be, like, Bethesda All-Stars. Where um, you could have like Doom Slayer and BJ Blazkowicz and like mm -hmm. some like the Fallout bobblehead dude. Uh, hey, that's called Quake Champions, baby. And oh, that's right, I forgot <laughs> that it exists. Yo, so did Bethesda. Oh, that's not true. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to punch down. <laughs> okay. great, no, great I choice. mean I think you might be right. <laughs> Um, Devolver. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Yep, yep. Devolver's got it. Actually, Devolver would be ridiculous. <laughs> and then, and then they would shamelessly finally admit that all 
style that they keep funding, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, okay, so so CJ has slightly adjusted it, and he said, okay, now which three, ga- which three uh, game industry people would you have fight each other? <laughs> oh. Eve, well, I mean, Eve. obviously. Eve's and Phil Spencer. Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then who is who is the uh, who is the EA guy that also looks like the, the antagonist of uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst? Is oh, it just their um, CEO? Yeah, it's their CEO. Yeah, the Soder- yeah. Soderberg. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Soderberg. I think. Um, oh, Andrew. So Soderberg? here's the question. Know. Here's the question. It's a name. Would Keeley be the announcer, or would he be a playable character? So Keeley, no, no, you know, Keeley would act like he's the announcer, but he would see. Some people Keely's an assist, like he's special an assist move for, for Kojima. Kojima. Yeah. Yes. If, you, yeah. if you quarter circle yeah. forward punch, Wait. then then Keely yeah, runs out hit, and punches. If that, yeah, if you hit that LB, he comes in for that assist. Are you yeah. kidding? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Uh, now, is the Shik Hydrobot in this scenario? Yes. Oh yes. yes. Yeah. Well, he's right. gotta be. This Iconic. doesn't work without Hideki Kamiya. All right. I know that people may not always like his Twitter feed, but. He just blocks Hideki, everybody. Hideki Kamiya. First off, strongest defense in the game, right? By far. Um, but just just get him in the outfit that he's in in that old photo. Like, yeah. the one with him and his mom from, like, the 80s or whatever, when he's a teenager and looks like the most metal motherfucker on the planet. Like, mm-hmm. Hideki Kamiya. But secretly, none of his attacks are very good because, like, Platinum just struggles to make a good game. Is that where we're going with it? Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> No, Uh-oh. that's a spicy. Sorry, game. it's okay. Sorry, I love you. <laughs> that makes a good game. <laughs> I like I that the I chat feel... is getting into like the nitty gritty of like what inputs would do yeah. well in these games. Can the game will be featured in the market? Will be unlocked. I mean, Bobby Kotick is the final boss, right? Oh, for sure. Like, for sure, he's yeah. like master hand. Yeah. <laughs> And the, and the uh, only way now, to defeat him is to remind people that he's in, uh, that he was in Jeffrey Epstein's Black Book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Ken Levine will be a really cool character in that you can never knock him off. Really good at getting right in the center and not actually doing anything interesting. <laughs> Just like those sweet, sweet politics of Bioshock Infinite. Getting right in the centerism and both sides in it and never really say anything of input. Yeah, really, uh, uh-oh. So Randy Pitchford would be in, right? Well. Well, yeah. He would I be mean, there, but also he wouldn't. You know, he yeah. kind of appears and disappears like a like a magician. He just kind of like shows up as a stage hazard to like, and then you knock him off, and he yells, bullshit. "Why would you fuck me like this?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, Sean, just, Sean, by the way, we just got blacklisted by Ethical yeah. Public. So, uh, so, so yeah, we haven't done Will Wright yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like SDGC currently like slowly building fan base. Also, us. Hey, industry, fuck you, and we're gonna dog drag every one of your executives. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to get, catching that me undies money. At this yeah. point. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Hey, look, everybody Done. can get an audible. Um, yeah, <laughs> Plus, baby. sponsorship. Like, uh, Peter Molyneux um has a huge expansive attack list, and then when you get the game, doesn't work. Is that how? What's the what's the spicy Peter Molyneux take here? Is there one? I yeah. mean, Todd Howard immediately falls through the floor, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Constantly in T pose, also. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. God. 
Wow, I feel like we've really dragged this question uh, worse <laughs> than it should have been. Okay, um, yeah, I've got one sack. Okay, yes, yes, Jeff. Uh, this came from, uh, I believe it's Seamus, um, at the official okay. account. I'm going to modify the question a little bit, because I think the question as it's word is a little hard. Uh, he says, since it's spooky month now, what are some of the scariest moments in games? Uh, he asked that are not horror games, but I think we could just go with what are the scariest moments in games? Or anything that stands out to you? Horror, not horror, just I, what really, like, like, freaked you out? From not horror, uh, I mean, the game didn't end up fully leaning into this, but, like, like the the third act of Firewatch is, like, really unsettling. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. The first time I saw a redead in, in Wind Waker. In, in any uh, Ocarina game, of but... Time. <laughs> Wind Waker's design was upsetting, but the first time that thing looked at me and screamed and I froze. I'm, when I was like eight years old, mm-mm. That, that did me in. Not a fan. Oh, mm-mm. Um, can I be, uh, oh, okay, um, Nintendo 64 had a couple of great examples for me. Um, Banjo-Kazooie, Clanker's, Clanker's Cavern, anybody remember Banjo-Kazooie at all? I, I remember the Chewy game, Baby. but it all blurs together. Okay, uh, going to, going, it's the third level, you're, you're going through the pipe into the main area of the level, and you see the gigantic robot shark. Um, honestly, like, water shit in general is hard for me um yeah. the, the shark in again banjo kazooie i'm um, the eel in super mario 64 uh, not great um no that any, e- that eel upset one of my friends yeah. so badly any water dungeon in a zelda game uh is just a hard time um Derek, what do you think about the shark in uh resident evil first one? Oh, um in the original resident evil on playstation not too bad i could handle it um the gamecube remake fuck my ass dude that thing is nope it is nope city um oh uh, also the whichever colossus is the uh eel and shadow of the colossus like i when i first had to deal with that i sat watching that thing for 30 goddamn minutes before i even got in the water and i just immediately like nope 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 over to the little raised area um, it took so long before I actually attempted to fight it, which is weird because like it didn't even really attack you. It just kind of comes up, and sometimes the fins have a little electricity around them. But mm. nope, <laughs> water shit, dude, water shit. I don't fuck with it. Jeff, what's scary to you, buddy? Uh, Unpack your fears for yeah. me. It's not a scary moment, um, but so uh, I'm a little bit better now because I have a finished basement, so I have to be. But I didn't used to like anything dark uh, when I was a kid, like. The light switch for the basement, usually there's one at like the bottom of the stairs and the top of the stairs, but there was only one at the bottom of the stairs. So I'd have to turn off the light and be in pitch darkness for a period of about 15 seconds as I ran as fast as I could to get out of the basement. I don't know. So I don't I feel like it's universal, like, right? Yeah, I, I like the lights to be on. I like a well-lit room. Um, so Gone Home was very nerve-wracking yeah. for me to play. Uh, the, the way you just progress through the house and gradually turn on the lights and i don't know like i don't know if, i don't ever does remember always if they feel said like it. it's going to be a little scary kind of yeah and i don't know if it was intentional i didn't read enough um interviews with like steve Daner or any of the developers but uh that entire game i just had this overwhelming sense of dread like something fucking terrible is going to happen um and it was yeah 
Yeah, yeah I remember there was a the whole there was a whole thing when that game came out where a lot of people thought it was going to be a horror game, and it was <laughs> <Yeah>. not. <laughs> it's like thunderstorm at night, and you yeah. don't know where your family is. Yeah. It's like a little bit of a spooky yeah. sound. Oh yeah, yeah. I I remembered another one. It's there's one point in uh, Bioshock Infinite where like you go into a room. Like, usually jump scares don't get me. I'm usually pretty solid when it comes to jump scares, but there is this one point. I was just caught so off guard in Bioshock Infinite. Like, you just go and hit a switch, and then one of those, like, guys with, like, the tube, like, the tuba, like, things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You turn around, and there's one in your face, and it just screams. That has gotten me worse than any other jump scare. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I guess another thing, terrible puzzle sequence, but, uh... In the original Max Payne, there's like the nightmare sequence where you're like oh, walking yeah. along the blood tra- the blood trail. Uh, again, terrible puzzle, but also a little bit spooky because like I think the whole time like they're playing like I mean and it's super repeating because it's an old game, but like they keep repeating like your wife screaming and a baby <laughs> crying. It's the fucking worst actually. Uh, but yeah, I can't. I, like otherwise this gen i can't think of anything that's like been truly i mean obviously like, the resident evil games this gen have been a little bit spooky but otherwise uh i can't think of any like i'm trying to think like indie stuff but like even then like oxen free is designed to be scary and like yeah. it has its creepy moments for sure More stuff that's not like in not where horror isn't one of the like sub genres that's where it gets yeah. harder right like um this generation this generation's not been bad for horror like this last several years but we've gotten a lot better at it and i think that's why it feels like like for example like um stories on terrifying game but also like it doesn't like it doesn't resonate in the same way as like there's nothing here that's scarring you it's just like good slow burn right like it it just feels like we've gotten a little bit smarter i gotta shout out soma um yeah Soma soma is one of the most terrifying fucking games and it starts because like Ooh, it's spooky and it's underwater and there's things, but like that, the writing of that game is one of the most horrifying scenarios I think I've ever been. Uh, that is existentially scary. Observation was Observation's pretty great. Observation is great. Like that was a game that like I didn't exactly enjoy playing it, <laughs> uh, but the story was well. Observation worth is the coolest fucking indie, like sci-fi horror film yeah. that shouldn't have been a game it should have been just a movie but yeah. it was but like the intro section and the ending gave me such chills in that game up. and also for people who who haven't played soma yet they actually the enemies are still there but like they don't pose a threat and they can't hurt you anymore so it's just like moody um yeah. and it's like honestly it's honestly a great way to play through the game about the narrative and i'd say the story stuff is like super worth playing i don't think think the enemies right there i'll play that yeah i don't think the enemies in soma are actually even much of a threat to be honest with you they seem like they're more of a threat than they are they're They're more they're just they can still be very intimidating if you don't know that they're basically just going to slowly chase you and never actually be able to catch you if you run but honestly the the sections with the monsters in Soma were more annoying than they were scary. Like the rest of the game is far more unsettling than the parts of the monsters. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, guys, do we have any more questions or anything else we want to touch on? Ed? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, there's a lot of games out. 
y'all, I shouldn't say guys, but y'all, there's a lot of games out uh, this weekend. Take time to take care of yourself if you can. Play some games. Have fun. Enjoy. Stay out of the 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 shitty Twitter if you can. I'm going to try to stay <laughs> off of shitty Twitter. You're going to yeah. stay on the good Twitter. Yeah, right. enjoy that. Also, you know... Jump into the Todd Phillips Joker discourse. It seems really good. Yeah. Jump right in. It's like a great time. Um, yeah. We do have that some... discourse has been going on for three months, and the movie came out today. <laughs> I have. I do. We do have some housekeeping, uh, if I may. Yep. So we do have the uh, SCGC morning show uh, tomorrow yes. morning at nine a.m. Um, and I don't know if we have a topic. It, right now, it's only me and John, and we'll see if we can grab a third person. Um, but like, whatever, we're gonna get on, we're gonna shoot the shit and have a good time. People who are up that early. Um, and then, uh, coming up, we are gonna be doing a, a basically 24 hour live stream extra life, which is November, what is that, second, right? It's the first Saturday in November. Okay. So I believe it's November 2nd. Um, yeah, cause Halloween is Thursday and then yeah, Friday is first. So it'll be November 2nd. Um, that'll be me and John. I'm actually doing the nine hour drive out to where John lives and we've got, um, a bunch of stuff lined up for you. So please show up. It's for a good cause. It's for charity. Watch. Make some donations to, to kids' hospitals and stuff. Uh, we're going to keep harping on that stuff. Watch John and I suffer through Hyperdimension Neptunia. Um, because, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm it's, so excited. Zach, you should look it up. I, I, John is banned from looking it up, but you need is to. Isn't it an anime? It's, it's a really oh, bad anime game. It's full anime. No, no, no. You don't it's, understand my wife made a rule. There's no anime in this house, yeah. and frankly, I abide. Yeah, it's Zach. It's Zach, Zach, it's not just anime. It's anime. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of the main characters are um, un, un, like questionably aged girls based on game consoles. It's really bad. It's really dumb. It's that total, sounds awful. It's it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay well everybody everybody stay safe have an anime free weekend and take care of you <laughs> good night everyone good night everybody good night love y'all